Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message. All right, uh, well we are in a little bit of a, I guess we'll call it a series, a series um, where we're just really looking at uh, what some of our like vineyard distinctives are like what makes a vineyard person a vineyard person so if this is your first time here uh, it's not often you get to visit a church and have somebody stand up and say here's what we're about right? But that's what we're doing. So this started two weeks ago, and I love that Adam started out with this. What he started out with is, um, we just, we're, we're a no-hype people. Did anybody feel freer after he said that? Uh, we're not trying to manipulate anybody or anything or any emotions or any situations. Uh, we're just, like, doing the quiet work of kingdom life together. We're no hype people. Last week, uh, he spoke on faith being spelled what? R-I-S-K. Now, this message always makes me nervous. Did anybody quit their job this week? (laughs) I'm going to ask in second service, too. Good. Okay. Well, maybe you need to. Uh, But faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Okay, and so this week we're going to learn what it means when we say, everybody read it with me, everyone gets to play, everyone gets to play. This might be, in my experience, um, the most vineyard of vineyard phrases. Um, I've heard it so many times just being at this church, and then if you stick around in the vineyard world long enough, you might start to like expand your horizons a little bit, you might meet somebody from another vineyard church, and if you say, hey, have you ever heard everyone gets to play? They're going to be like, yes, of course. Uh, I started earlier this year doing some part-time work for Vineyard USA, and guess what? I hear this phrase a lot, everyone gets to play. I even once heard it um, from a pastor, and he said it in kind of, this was hilarious, in kind of a resigned way. He was like, well, you know, everyone gets to play. (laughs) So... It's true even when we don't want it to be true. Everyone gets to play. It's deep in our DNA as vineyard people. So uh, here's what I want to do, though, this morning. I want to, I have two objectives. One, I want to set kind of like a theological foundation for like why we believe that, okay? Because there's tons of Bible for it. And then two, uh, I want to just talk about like, Practically, what does that mean? So we're going to do a little bit of heart, we're going to do a little bit of uh, head, and then we're going to do a little bit of lab at the end. Ooh, okay. Uh, So before we get much further, uh, theological foundation for why we value this, like why this is in the vocabulary of every vineyard person, why even when you don't want to, you say, well, everyone gets to play. Uh, Let's pull up Ephesians 4. We're going to just start there and then work back to John. Uh, Ephesians 4, 12 through 13, it says, Their responsibility, and by their they mean church leaders, like the leaders of the early church, is to equip God's people. 
to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So we're going to refer back to that here in just a little bit. Um, But really, I kind of want to get at this maybe from a sideways angle, if I can. So the first thing I need to do is talk about, most. I'm looking around the room, most people here are like Campbellsville people, um, but if you're not, if you're kind of new or you are maybe like a college student and you're only here during the school year, I need to talk to you about the 4th of July. Uh, the 4th of July here in Campbellsville is truly unhinged. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, in like the best way. Now, I am of the opinion that Halloween is getting there, okay? But 4th of July here in Campbellsville, uh, it's a week's worth of celebration. There's a 5K, right, Joey? Yep. There's a 5K. There's like a free breakfast. There's a gospel singing. There are hot air balloons. Uh, There's a children's parade. There's the K-Country Showdown. I've never been. How many of you have been? K-Country Showdown? Okay. Kendall, (laughs) she's like, me. Uh, But the main event, I mean, besides the fireworks, the main event on the 4th of July, sometimes the 2nd of July, they sometimes change the date on us, uh, is the parade, right? Who's been to the parade? Uh There we go. The parade. Uh, So there's, there's two requirements for this parade. They are unwritten, but they are always followed. And here's what they are. One, it must be at least five hours long. (laughs) And two, it must take place on the hottest and most humid day of the summer thus far. I don't make the rules. Nobody made these rules, (laughs) but it always happens that way. Um, I think about times in my life where I have experienced the most, like, physical thirst, where I have said, I am so thirsty. It is on the 4th of July from 9.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. when we're all out there on Main Street. And here's the other thing. I want to emphasize this. There's tons of people out there, right? It's not just you and your family. Is it safe to say thousands? Okay. There's thousands of people out there. We're on Main Street. We're sweaty and we're thirsty right alongside each other. So I want you to keep that. I mean, you guys can even keep, not even the image in your head, you've been there, right? Um, Remember what it's like while we read uh, in the Gospel of John. Uh, We're gonna look at John chapter seven. You don't have to bring it up yet, but here's the setting. It is the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, It's a week-long celebration of how Yahweh came to dwell among the Israelites in the wilderness. And in Jesus's personal life, uh, it's in a moment where he is being widely questioned and challenged by religious authorities. Shocker, right? Uh, He's being widely questioned and widely challenged. At first, he tells his brothers, I'm not even going to go. Like, I'm not even going to go. How many of you said that about the Campbellsville 4th of July? I'm not even going to go. And then you're like, I guess I'll go. 
So basically that's what Jesus does. He's like, his brother's like, well, we're going. And then he's, I'll go. But he goes in secret. And I've done that. I've been like, I'm going, but I'm not staying long. And I'm not going to say hi to anyone. I'm just going to go. I'm going to see the hot air balloon, almost catch the power line on fire, and I'm going home. So, but then Jesus starts teaching at the temple. And eventually we come to this incredibly moving scene in John chapter 7. And I just have to confess to you, like, I have been so captivated by this image of Jesus this year. I've been thinking about it probably for six months. And if there's ever a moment where I'm just like, I'm bored with church or I'm bored with the Bible, this image of Jesus pops into my head. Let's go ahead and pull up John 7, 37 through 39. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood. So picture, he gets up on the family stage in downtown Campbellsville on Main Street, right? He stands up and he shouts to the crowd, anyone who is thirsty can come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come for a drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said this, living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. It's great that the gospel writer gives us a little bit of clarification there. Thank you, John. Everyone gets to play because the invitation to drink and receive the Holy Spirit was given to anyone who was thirsty. And if we can remember our experience of the Campbellsville 4th of July parade, everyone Jesus was talking to at that festival was thirsty. Every single person. Uh, And the invitation was for them to come and to drink and to receive. And that's the same invitation that has been ringing out through the ages to us as well. Uh, So that is why, as Vineyard people, we say, everyone gets to play. Because the invitation is for anyone who is thirsty. And we are all thirsty. So, my next question. What are we playing? I think that's a valid question, right? Uh, You can just be like, yeah, everyone gets to play. Play what? Yeah, (laughs) we can question it a little bit. I need more coffee. All right, here's what we mean. Uh, Everyone gets to do the things that Jesus showed us how to do in his ministry on earth. Now, I'm just going to cite my sources. These next four things we talk about, it's so important that it's on vineyardusa.org. I took it right from there, okay? So, citing my sources, here we go. Uh, What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Here's four things. Uh, Jesus was a welcomer. That's the first thing. Uh, Think about stories of Jesus in the Gospels. Uh, He was described as a friend of tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Uh, He would talk to people that he wasn't supposed to talk to. He would touch people that made him unclean. Unclean. 
Uh, and not only on that end of the spectrum, if you'll recall our series um, from several weeks ago, studying Nicodemus and John 3, uh, Jesus welcomed not only the down and out, but the up and out, right? It's for everyone. Uh, and not just that, I, I thought about this during our opening prayer, like pre-service prayer. Uh, so Jesus was a welcomer. We now do the work of welcoming. We're not just welcoming, welcoming people. Uh, we can be people who recognize and acknowledge and welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit among us. Do you guys feel that this morning? Oh, it was so present in the room, so present in the rooms. We are people who welcome not just other people, but the presence of God in our midst. Sometimes people just need to be told, hey, God's here. That's part of getting to play. Uh, Secondly, Jesus healed people, right? We talk about this a lot. It's like the main thing he did. Uh, In our young adult group, Monday nights at 8 p.m. at my house, uh, in our young adult group, we're reading through the book of Mark. And here is what I am really, I don't know, meditating on as we read throughout that. This is what, this is how every single story goes. Jesus tried to get away. He tried to find some solitude. Then word gets out that Jesus was there. And what happens? Everyone brings their sick and their dying to him. And he isn't like, moved by compassion. He heals all of them. Jesus healed people. And so as vineyard people, guess what? We lean into that too. Everyone gets to play. Third, Jesus summoned people. And by this we mean he invited them into repentance and a new way of living. So after healing, what would he often say to them? Yeah, follow me. Go and sin no more. He didn't just help a blind person see and then say, you good, right? The emphasis was on his work, you guys, Ah, of announcing the new kingdom, right? Where people could live with hope in a world that had given them anything and everything except hope. Does that sound like our world today? Yes. Uh, There's a sense in which the healing is miraculous. I mean, it is. It's just the beginning of the work of the Father in people's lives. And we have a phrase for that here as well. Come as you are. Don't stay as you are. Yeah, Come as you are. Don't stay as you are. Jesus summoned people out of darkness into hope. We extend that same invitation as well because everyone gets to play. And lastly, uh, Jesus commissioned people. So I want you to think about um, someone you've looked up to in the past. Uh, Usually it's like someone who is doing a thing that you are either interested in or are doing. Uh, A lot of people look up to athletes. I don't know this life, but a lot of people look up to athletes. Uh, I do do enjoy sports, and I'm going to use some sports references 
with much fear and trembling here in just a minute. Uh, so there's athletes. Um, something that I always looked up to when I was a kid, because I was like a prolific writer of terrible stories, um, was good writers, excellent poets. Um, but also there's people that you look up to in real life, right? When Dusty and I first got married, I remember looking at people who we maybe like admired and were like further down the road from us and thinking, we'll never be as good as them. (laughs) It was truly a wild thought to have about somebody, (laughs) by the way. We'll never get to that point. Um, but, But also like, no one in this room is gonna play football like Patrick Mahomes. Okay, it's not gonna happen. Uh, no one in here is gonna write like Hemingway. Maybe Nathan. Where are you at, Nathan? Uh, Jesus's work on Earth was not meant for us to see and think I could never do that. I'll never be as good as him. It was meant to be normative. Uh, He established the standard of what kingdom life looked like by commissioning others to do the stuff. So like he took 72 of his followers and he was like, don't take anything with you. Just go and declare to do two things. One, go to these towns and say the kingdom of heaven is near. And two, heal the sick. And then they went out and did it, and they came back, and they were like, Jesus, it worked. (laughs) Even the demons listened to us. And he was like, I know, (laughs) right? Uh, In a sea of 5,000 men, he found a little boy with five loaves of bread and two fish. And he took what that boy had, and he fed everyone with 12 baskets left over, right? At the end of Matthew, what does he say? Go make disciples, baptize them, teach them. Jesus commissioned people. His life and his work set the norm for what our life and work in the kingdom looks like. Because what? Everyone gets to play. All right, something else I want to talk about, um, and I just want to make sure that we associate with this phrase that I don't, I feel like I had to grow in understanding of it. Uh, Maybe it's like the flip side of everyone gets to play, is that this is actually an invitation to maturity and faithfulness. Um, So if you pull up that slide from Ephesians again, go back one. In verse 12, we see this. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, that's us, and build up the church, the body of Christ. And what immediately follows that is this. It'll continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be what? Mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. The work of equipping the saints or everyone gets to play is for the purpose of unity, maturity, and Christ-likeness. And I really want to choose my words carefully here because what I don't want you to hear is because it's, you know, a call to maturity, kids can't do it. That's actually not what we believe at all. 
Uh, we say everyone gets to play. We literally mean it. Kids can welcome. Kids can pray for healing. Kids can summon. Kids can commission. We practice it in kids' church every week. Practice it in youth group every week. We practice it in young adult group every week, all the way on up to us, like, adults in the big room. Right? Um, but I'll, I'll use a sports reference here. We've been watching, this will surprise nobody, a lot of playoff baseball this week. Uh, go Phillies. And um, these guys are like at the very top of their game, right? They're at the very top of their game. And it would be insane, like if we were to take the, the best little league player in Taylor County, and we were like, you're in the big leagues now, kid. It's game six. That kid, it wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be like, oh, they're not going to do well. They would get hurt, right? They would be injured. Uh, you can't go from being like a good little leaguer in your rural county of Kentucky to being a major league baseball player without a lot of steps in between. Does this make sense? Uh, so the Lord gives us fields to tend. And what I really feel like he's been saying to me lately is tend what's in front of you. Tend what's in front of you. Uh, and as the Lord expands those fields, it's our job to faithfully show up, to do the work, and to be open to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for more. It's a process of formation. Everyone gets to play actually is a process of formation. So if you're hearing everyone gets to play, and in your mind, you go straight to the mountaintop, but you haven't even bought hiking boots yet. You might need to adjust your perception of reality just a bit. It is daily, hourly work of forming your life to be about the things that we just talked about, that Jesus does. Uh, and I, I say this often. Start in the four walls of your own house. Start with your family. Start with your parents. Start with your cousins. Work your way out. Uh, and our job is to tend that field, faithfully partner with the Lord for what he's given you, and then catch the vision for what expansion looks like from there. Start small expand outward. Practical steps. Anybody like, okay, I'm ready. Well, guess what? VineyardUSA.org gave us a bunch of practical steps. Here we go. Next slide. Okay, don't read them all. Just read the first one. Hang on. Don't read ahead. All right. How do we do this? First, look for some people who I love I love this part. Look for some people who are experiencing Jesus' call in a way that is compelling to you. Uh, that's another way for saying know yourself. And then go be around them. Watch how they live. They'll never be perfect. Don't let their imperfections disillusion you, but when they're at their best, pay attention and ask questions. The rules of this game are better caught than taught. 
We say that a lot here as well. Uh, my kids make up games a lot, and there is no way that they could teach me how to play these games. Uh, earlier this week, they were bored, and one of them said to the other, let's go play Baby Don't Want to Take a Nap. And I was like, what? <laughs> Baby Don't Want to Take a Nap? Here's how you play Baby Don't Want to Take a Nap. Uh, one of the kids is the parent. The other two kids are the baby who don't want to take a nap. <laughs> and as the parent tries to soothe and console the baby, the babies get louder and louder and louder to the point where I say, you're going to break the TV again. Go play this outside. Now, here's the deal with that. There's no way I could sit down and be like, write out the rules to baby don't want to take a nap. <laughs> I just had to catch it. They can't teach me these things. Uh, it's the same way. Life in the kingdom is better caught than taught. Okay, number two. After doing number one, there's a process here. After doing number one, ask for them to show you how to do the stuff. Okay? Uh, For those of you in the room who are like, I would love to do this. Like, I wish I could just walk alongside someone and ask them, like, show me how to pray for people. Show me how to read the Bible. Uh, Well, what a great opportunity to lean into last week's message. Take a risk and ask someone. And I just want to say this to you. How do I say this? Uh... If, you're, if you go up to somebody and you're like, hey, I've been watching for a while. Like, I really want you to teach me how to do X, Y, Z. Nobody's going to be like, no. But life is busy, right? Things get in the way. And if something fizzles out, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean the other person's a jerk. Life is just hard. <laughs> so uh, keep being persistent. You'll find someone who wants to do number three. Number three is be ready to give it all away. And I think this is a really important point because now I have spoken to every single person in the room. Uh, you, you might been, have been doing this church thing for a while. Maybe you've been doing this vineyard thing for a while. And if that's the case, there are people in this room who want to catch the vision for what it is that you have been particularly gifted in doing. I promise you this. There are people in this room who can learn from you. Uh, it's like Philip and the eunuch, right? This guy's reading the Bible and Philip comes up to him and he's like, do you understand what you're reading? And what does he say? What does he respond back? How can I? Unless someone what? Teaches me, shows me. Be ready to give it all away. Okay, I added this last part. This is not from VineyardUSA.org, but I think it's important. Don't expect your part to look like anyone else's. Uh, I think it's important to acknowledge that desire, to acknowledge what it is that you find compelling or appealing, uh, and then use that as a jumping off point for discovering along with the Lord where exactly your spot is. So 
if you see somebody and you're like, I really like what they're doing, don't be like, but I can't do it because nobody's work looks the same. Explore why that compels you. Again, know yourself. It might look similar, but it's not going to look exactly the same. And most of what I am talking about this morning does not happen here. It happens out there. So, most of it doesn't even happen from the stage. It happens out there. I think that's as it should be. Because everyone gets to play. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.